2: Hello once again everybody and welcome to the Mario Cristobal show Josiecki, Don Bailey Jr., University of Miami head coach Mario Cristobal. Hurricanes coming off another close victory. Great win coach uh, in overtime against Virginia. Your last four games have been decided by 10 points or less so you're playing in the house of close games.
0: We are and there's a lot of good lessons that we learn with that and and part of those lessons are sometimes you could avoid being in those tight games if you know, you were able to do things and execute at a high level the whole way. But if you're in them, you got to find a way because at the end of the day, it's still about winning the game and we're finding a way. Coach, here's a long list of what happened good in this football game, too. And
3: to Corey Couch, I want to start there first. He's a guy that's been here, I believe, five years. And I saw him put forth some effort that was just outstanding and really had a, uh, an effect on the entire game.
0: Yeah, we started the team meeting with his play and we felt that that uh, that exemplified what needs to be and what has become the DNA of our football team, Uh, one of which um, your your will is going to be stronger. You're not going to be denied for him to chase down the receiver and get him on the ground and give us a chance to play another down another series and hold him to a field goal ultimately plays like that determine the outcome of the game so uh awesome effort i know he was under the weather like a bunch of uh, of our guys were before the game so uh really just um proud of him super happy for him and uh he's been he's been exceptional all year
2: stay on the defense for a moment james williams 13 tackles uh cam kitchens is a uh secondary player of the week but james williams comes in with 13 tackles one of them right on the sidelines preventing their quarterback from getting a first down
0: no doubt. Both those guys are playing at a, at a really high level. And, you know, you're talking about James. James, you know, doesn't get enough um, attention or credit sometimes, but I don't think he's worried about that. Uh, he's playing at a really high level. He's extremely physical. He's a smart guy. Uh, a lot of passion. You know, he's a hurricane through and through, and he made some, some really big plays, some physical plays, some game-changing plays, not only in this past game, but throughout the course of the year so really fired up for him and, and the way he's been taking on his challenges
3: coach i'm gonna jump ahead to the overtime part where cohen we got to make sure that Javon cohen was on the wrap he was pulling around had a lot to do with it you can walk us through that but really the tight end got a two for one as far as uh, his
0: blocking goes as well so there were a couple guys that got big fletch into the end zone yeah no doubt um, i know that there was a play that um coach Dawson loves coach Mirabal loves you know I heard him talking and it's like hey we we want to run this I'm like well it's going to be two two really three really good players that uh, have a chance to be in space to to make this thing work and they went to work you Mm -hmm. know and it wasn't pretty it was muddy it was ugly it was muddled but feet in the ground right Hands on people, pushing, shoving, grinding, and finding a way to get in there. And um, yeah, the place exploded. You know, I, uh, I always wait for replay nowadays because I've, you know, anyways, I'll <laughs> leave it at that. But so um, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was great to see that kind of a finish uh, for the players first, the defense getting a great stop. Yes. I mean, that cannot be understated how critically important it was that the defense played 86 snaps, 86 snaps and found a way in overtime to go, boom, three and force the field goal to give the offense a chance to win it.
2: We, we call um, overtime red zone ball. And again, uh, in the overtime, red zone ball, you hold them to a field goal, but also during regulation, they were, they were two for six in the red zone for in, in terms of scoring touchdowns. So you kept them out of the end zone.
0: We did, and you know, we felt we felt good about overtime for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, we're deep in our territory with with not that much time left, and in a game where we weren't having much success throwing the ball. The second part is we really hadn't gotten into red zone, right, at the level that we're used to getting. So we had a really good red zone plan that hadn't been unveiled yet. So, you know, that going into overtime, you you feel pretty good about. Okay, we still have our full menu; it hasn't been seen yet, and. Um, well, you know, a couple plays later, we didn't, you know, we didn't get to run the whole menu, obviously, but we ran the ones that we felt good about, um, and it's, it was executed to a high level. Reuben Bain, once again, uh, we
3: want you to spend some time on him, but Branson Dean, talking about some inside guys, what a difference he made. Came up with a couple sacks, and he just kind of flies under the radar, but then you look and all of a sudden,
0: the production's unbelievable. Branson Dean is finally healthy. Mm-hmm. And Branson Dean was a difference maker in the springtime and then early in camp until he got a little bit banged up. He is now healthy. He played, I believe, uh, in the neighborhood of 35 snaps or whatnot and was extremely effective and he feels even better this week. And he was, he made a tremendous difference on Saturday. Tough, tough guy, competitor. Um, You're only gonna see things get better and better from there. So it's good to have him back.
2: Coach, the, uh, the Fletcher touchdown, what do you think it means not only for him, but for your program, you look at that picture of Fletcher. Here's a freshman. He's in the game at a critical time. He slugged his way into the end zone. There's a big celebration. And maybe best of all, family gets to see it and greet him when the game is over at Hard Rock City, probably a couple of minutes away from where they live. The, that whole thing has to be really an important picture, right? Yeah, it's powerful.
0: You know, let's call it what it is. You know, our team is a great mix, right? We have some... Players that have been here for a while. We've had some guys transferring, and then we have some some freshmen and a historic freshman class this past year. And a lot of these guys um, have had the chance to really showcase their talent and their skills, and have been difference makers right here in front of their families at home, you know, and in some really clutch moments. Um, and that that speaks volumes. So I think um, a couple of things that validates. A lot of the things that we said from the moment we arrived on campus, and two, the most important part is that this team and these players are being validated by progress, the level of play improving, you know, having opportunities to make plays to change games. All those things are coming together, and the best part about it is, yeah, we've progressed, but we got a long way to go, and all it's all systems go. The appetite is to get better.
3: Coach, we talk about the overtime. We started there, but you also had to come overcome 10 points to get to overtime. I mean, you were, you were down, and this team, no quit, none.
0: We were, uh, we were flat. You know, we didn't come out um, like we're used to coming out. You know, we all take full responsibility. I got to take full responsibility. We thought we were ready. We thought we were prepared. But, they, uh, you know, we didn't play as, as hard and as well as they did to start the football game. And uh, we had to wake up and had to wake up in pieces, you know, one play at a time and work our way back into this thing. And I think our players have now developed the confidence and also the awareness. Number one, you can't start a game like that. Number two, if we are in a sticky situation, we can work our way out of it. Mm -hmm. As long as everyone does their job, we could one play at a time, work our way back into a position to win the football game.
2: Well, one guy uh, that helped out, Andy Borgalis, three field goals, 45 yards or more. 47 48 and 50. I think it's the first time University of Miami's had a kicker uh, nail 345 plus uh, Field goals in a game. So he delivered and I think it was significant because a couple years ago against Virginia Unfortunately hit the upright. So this one he comes through in a big way And that last one to send it to overtime was clutch Well, not only that it was uh, it was a windy day now Yeah,
0: there were gusts up to 25 miles per hour and uh, there's a lot of confidence when you go out and see your kicker and you ask him hey, which way do you want to kick off Because you see the wind, you feel the wind swirling, right? You see the banners, you know, going all over the place. He just looks at you and says, I don't care. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm going to kick it out the end zone anyway. So, uh, so much confidence in himself. We have so much confidence in him. I mean, we've mentioned how far we're willing to kick a field goal from because of what he has shown. But, um, you know, he also inspires and leads the rest of the special teams those units are, are playing, they're playing at a high level. You know, the punt team did a great job flipping the field, you know, making sure that we found hidden yardage throughout the course of the game and found a way to get ourselves in position, you know, to kick field goals, to, to get points and claw our way back in. So, but it started uh, on Saturday with Andy and I'm uh, certainly happy he's on our side.
3: Got to throw in Ray Ray Joseph. He had some great returns oh, sure. as well.
0: It's good to see him with the ball in his hands. He's electric, you know, he's fast, he's explosive. He almost got out of there, you know? Almost, I was all yeah. over him today. I'm like, come on, man, the kicker tackled you, man. What happened? You know, <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. You know? But it was a great tackle by their kicker, and Ray Ray did a really, really good job. We're one block away, you know. If we you know, put our half position in the right spot, that thing spits, but it now gives us the opportunity to combat some of the sky kicks when people don't want to kick it to Burchard.
2: How about the way uh, Wesley Besane has developed for you? Last week, two weeks ago against Clemson, he's playing kind of all over the field because he needed to make some adjustments. And it seems like he's making a lot of plays wherever you put him.
0: Yeah, Wesley is really coming on, really developing into the player we always felt that he could be. Um, there's great leadership in that room. All those guys, they work so well together, right? Kiko and Corey Flagg and KJ and him and K4. I mean, all these guys, just, they work hard. They push each other. It's a competitive room, very similar to the running back room. And it's it's by it's not by accident that those rooms continue to elevate their play because if you don't, right, someone's going to take your spot. So it's the right kind of competition, and we expect ourselves to get better there. You
3: bring up Kiko Noah Just a, a week after week, it's better and better, and just making a big difference. Had a big stack in the game as well.
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's a rare breed now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just goes. You know, he really does. It's a... Uh, The DNA of a of a champion like the rest of those guys though, he is he's awesome to be around.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: This week it is Miami and North Carolina State. Eight o'clock kickoff at Carter-Finley Stadium, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Carter-Finley, one of the top spots in this league in terms of uh, home field advantage. They can bring it uh, for a night game. They are coming off one of the more bizarre games uh, in terms of winning. Then you talk about trying uh, finding a way to win. Uh, Clemson ran 81 plays, North Carolina State ran 46 plays. They ran for 64 yards and they were three for 13 on third down and they won the game because they took the ball away and, and weren't penalized.
0: Well, but they work at it. You yeah. know, They do a great job stripping out the ball, punching the ball out, you watch every play. And they're finding a way to get the ball out. And when they tackle, it's not just tackling. They are they're running through people. It's uh, as physically violent of a tackling team as I've seen. Uh, extremely well coached. We mentioned earlier about the fact that this is a team that has so many players that are in their third, fourth, and fifth year in the system. Um, high school recruits, you know, that are just they're systematic. They're they've developed, and they play at a really really high level. So they've got a lot of physical, mature guys that play really hard and play really well coach they're number 11 the linebacker peyton wilson i
3: don't know if there's anybody can match his his intensity and his effort that guy just goes at it at least what i've seen so far is just an amazing player
0: no i agree with you a hundred percent i mean he's uh he's one of the clips we're watching this morning because he's a reflection of the program Mm -hmm. you know and, and their dna and how they do things and he's relentless there's i think it was the one clip where you know it's uh it's an extended play, and he's caught up, you know, covering the flat and whatnot, and a receiver breaks behind one of the, the DBs, and he hawks it down 50 yards away, a receiver, you know, and gets there with violent intentions, you know, so he's all over the field. You saw him with his, his interception touchdown um, this past week. He, uh, he's a special
2: player. They are big and physical, as you mentioned, these guys have been in their system, so they know their scheme well. Yeah. So offensively, what do you need from, from Tyler and your offense ex, uh, in terms of execution in this game? Well, the first thing is you got to protect the
0: football yeah. because if you don't, if you're loose with it, if you're careless with it, they're going to find a way to take it away. Second of all, they're very disruptive, okay? They live to get you in in second and long, third and long situations where they can unleash their, their packages, you know, it's We don't play another front like this in our conference, right? This is a legitimate 3-3 nickel defense, and they live in that personnel group, and they do some changes on third down or whatnot. But the way the shell lines up, it all looks the same, but it's something different. It's cover zero. It's three. It's three cloud. It's two invert. They're very, very dialed in to the ins and outs of that scheme. So it allows them to disguise and yet still get in the right position. And they're stingy with the
3: run. They've only given up about an average of 110 yards a game. So they everybody says three men down,
0: that doesn't mean that you can't stop the run. It's the opposite. No doubt. That, that front, um, I mean, they're just, again, besides all the other stuff we talked about and being athletic and all that, they're just really tough. They're really tough and physical. They play with great pad level. They use their hands really well. They understand blocking schemes. They play off each other. You see them just hunt down screens. I mean, someone will get spit out there to... Um, to the perimeter and you've got you know 11 hats flying to the ball there they're an impressive bunch on both sides of the ball
2: yeah uh on the offense they made a change uh, quarterback mj morris can run but dave dorn and his teams have always run the stretch play or about a thousand different versions of the counter
0: they sure do you know and it starts with the guys up front mm-hmm. you know those guys they get their cleats in the ground they come off with flat backs and they knock you back and they finish plays you know, you could tell that it's, it's a very well-coached football team that understands their system really well. Uh, we really think both quarterbacks are good players, right, yeah. you know, I and mean, we've, we've seen enough film on both of them to feel that way, and they've got explosive playmakers in the backfield and on the perimeter. You know, player of the week or freshman of the week a week ago, and that probably doesn't tell the, the whole tale of how good they are outside. They've got a lot of dynamic playmakers. Coach, when you
3: go to the freshman Concepcion, I mean, it's almost every week now. You go back to Georgia Tech, they had a freshman, and then you go with what had, at North Carolina, they had a big timer. Mm-hmm. This young
0: man fits right in the mix. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best in the country right now, if not the best, and they uh, they find different ways to get him the ball, mm-hmm. and they move him all over the place. So you, you just can't find him and play a certain coverage. You know, you have to have... The back end match what you're doing up front, and a lot of it has to do with the awareness of not only where he is, but all their other playmakers as well. They do a really, really good job.
2: Teams this time of the year, some teams know who they are, some teams still trying to figure out what they are, but you go into this game, University of Miami ranks third or better in more than a dozen categories inside the ACC, including total offense, total defense, uh, opponents uh, points per game, uh, offensive points per game, so there is significant progress being made because the numbers say that your your team is soaring toward the top.
0: There's, we feel like we're making progress every day and the stats back it up. So our players know that, but it's kind of interesting. Like there's there's no one in the building, you know, patting themselves on the back or, you know, claiming any kind of, everything is like, man, we could be so much better. We could be so much better and, and we're gonna be better. We're gonna keep getting better. But yeah, it's uh, it's undeniable that you know we're making a ton of progress, and that I there's no there's just nobody satisfied, you know, and everything everything is centered upon improvement. Everything is centered upon winning and doing it the right way, and doing the same thing off the field. So um, again, culture is kicking in, things are getting um, better and better, and we just gotta keep going. Coach,
3: I admire the way that you run your practices, especially towards the end of a year. I mean, you're very. Uh, adamant about how it's going to be and it works and I, a lot of people believe in that but the other thing you you stress is this is week 9 mm-hmm. for the whole country so you it, you can't feel... You, if you're sore, everybody's sore. If you're tired, everybody's tired. It's the ones that work through it or break through it that are going to have success.
0: Well, I mean, football hasn't changed in 200 years, right? Or however right. long it's been played. I mean, it's it's November just about, right? Yeah. And everybody's beat up. These these feelings, are they're, they're, they're not unique to us. No. Everybody's feeling it. And then, you know, as a staff and the leadership on your team, you have a choice. You can start trying to find a way to squirm out of it. You can start thinking, all right, let's... Let's cut all this other stuff out and you could try to rationalize it, but you can't rationalize anything in the fourth quarter and in overtime because that's when the truth of your Tuesday and Wednesday is going to show itself. So how do you want it to look? How do you want it to end during that time? And so we're smart about it. We don't go to the ground, but we there's certain things that you have to do on Tuesday and Wednesday to maintain a certain level of physicality and really in our case to improve our levels. Of physicality, so we're we're maintaining those principles and values of becoming, you know, a more um, a stronger team as the year goes on.
2: I'm just kind of curious about your view on the ACC. You've been in the SEC in the Pac-12. This year, has been kind of a wild season in the ACC. Six teams have two losses, so within striking distance as we go into November. I was wondering, uh, one, your thoughts on the ACC, and two, does it relate to recruiting in any way uh, when you're in a conference and you get a feel for a conference? Man, a couple years ago, if you were in the Big 12, it was all spread, right? Throwing the ball, I would imagine you need about 1,000 defensive backs, but do you need to recruit a certain way in this conference or, or, or not? No,
0: you recruit to what you to want your team. What you mean, yeah. Your yeah. blueprint, yeah. you know, and what we've seen is, you know, and you usually see like, it's, you almost have to measure it in three and four year cohorts, right? Cause you recruit a class this year, but they don't play until next year. And some of those guys don't play until two or three years down the line. Right. So, and what you see there, there's a lot of really good coaching staffs that are recruiting really, really well. Um, and it's, it's been shown in some places that have been here for a couple of years, and it's shown in some of the, the more recent hires, you know, very similar was in the Pac-12, you know, and how we, we started recruiting to a certain level and all of a sudden, you know, you're going and you're winning some some games against top five teams on the road, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's all a matter of, of making sure that your personnel fits your plan, and if it doesn't, then just keep trying to find ways to make it work and win until you do. Coach, talk about the importance of
3: reps at this level and how missing a week or two weeks or a month mm-hmm. is a huge setback not just physically but you have no reps in the bank when you're 18 19 and 20 years old and and it, it has an effect
0: yeah reps are the, the mother of all learning right the right. Rep, the repetition the repetition gotta have it every week is different you know think about it. these guys gotta go to class they have assignments to do right reports or whatnot and they gotta come in on Monday, wait a second, we did last week, that's how come we're doing all this new stuff? It's like, well, it's a different defense or it's a different offense. We've gotta make this adjustment. We gotta call it this mm-hmm. instead of that. So it's a lot. And then you've gotta take those reps to feel comfortable with it. And then you gotta take them at full speed so that once you arrive to that opponent's stadium, that there's no anxiety, there's no flinch in your system. So um, the repetition, it, it just can't be compromised. You know, if you can't practice to a certain level by a certain time, Uh, A certain part of the week, then your your value in helping the team win becomes less and less.
2: Before we go, we got to hit on your running backs because two weeks ago was a Cheney Parrish Bashard Smith combination. Then this week is A.J. Allen and oh Mark Fletcher. For a minute there, we thought we were going to run out of people, but uh, each uh, each guy has been called on. Has delivered. Allen became a uh, superman and Mark Fletcher, you know, delivered a knockout blow. But uh, how about your running backs and where you stand right now with your running backs?
0: A competitive room that pushes each other in the right kind of way. It's the healthy kind of competition that the entire organization needs. We're there at a couple of positions. We need it across the board for us to get better. But I think the fact of what you just mentioned that no matter who's been called upon, they've responded for the most part. That's the result of legitimate, competitive character taking shape and practice on a daily basis. That's all that is, you know? So this week you're we gonna get, I can't tell you yet.
2: Yeah, but by the way, I think we make it, if the uh, opponent you would look at and go, well, this is a little bit difficult to key on, because all the guys, the numbers are pretty similar mm-hmm. in terms of carries and yards.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, they're all different styles. Every single one of them, they all do something uniquely different. So it's kind of neat. It's like having, you know, your pitcher that could throw a couple different kind of, you know, pitches. So let's keep that competition alive. Let's keep pushing each other to get better. Um, because again, come Saturday, whoever has played and practiced the best is going to get the nod. You know, and uh, as that room being accepting of that has made them all better, and you hope that all rooms can do that. If not, you got to find guys that are willing to do so.
2: And by the way, as we go uh, close out, we, we hit November, and you're going to November playing in very meaningful, significant games. So a lot to play for.
0: No doubt, it's uh, it's kind of neat. You know, that's a strong sign of progress. You know, you now head into November, and you know it's it's on the line. You know, on a week by week basis. So, um, just um, we're proud of progress. We're not, we're nowhere near satisfied. We're nowhere near content. Um, But we're excited. We're legitimately fired up enthused about the direction, about so many guys that are developing, you know, whether they've been here for a while or just got here. So uh, everything points towards, you know, a very strong and upward trajectory.
2: All right, Coach, the very best of luck
1: against North Carolina State. Thank you.
2: I let University of Miami head
1: coach Mario Cristobal will continue on the show right after this.